0: Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Surprise.
1: I'm
2: just- Wait,
0: is Wally drinking? Yeah, I I am. of course. Oh, I need a drink. Hold on. It's Bring the Christmas, Christmas season. It's
2: Christmas beer. Oh, it's a, it's a local brewery right by my parents' house. And they had like a pop-up at the outlets. So on Black Friday, I got some.
0: I like that. I have like gin in my house. That's it.
2: I have 45 different gins in my house. Do you? Three. I have three different vent gins, but that's like a lot. For yeah, that one is a lot. Person. I just have
0: the one. I got one at Costco. It was on sale. It was like a Bombay Sapphire for like $22 for the big one. And I was like, that'll do. I love Costco alcohol. I know, right? <laughs> it's the best.
1: London gave me a new appreciation for gin and tonics. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. I had like two gin and tonics every night at Christopher and Rochelle's house. I was like, this is fantastic.
0: <laughs> the Europeans really convinced me to love a gin and tonic. Like I was like, eh, it's okay. It's kind of like an old man drink. Like if you're 57, you drink it. And then... When I was like living abroad, everybody drinks gin and tonics. And I was like, "Mm, this is kind of sophisticated. I like this.
2: Gin and tonics were my grown-up drinks when I would go to weddings because it wasn't a ramen diet or a like a vodka soda. It was a gin and tonic. Don't do that at weddings because then you get drunk off of gin and tonics and it's bad news bears. It's bad news bears.
1: I don't like gin in general. Mm, Yeah. But Christopher made his gin and tonics with Hendrix. Which is uh-huh. a pretty wild yes, very mild. And yeah. he like, would slice up cucumber, mm. and then he pat, like he like muddle it with the ice a little bit, so yep. it really just tasted like cucumber. I it was no water, yeah, fancy.
2: I have sapphire. No, yeah. I have empress gin. Mm. That that's purple, and then when you add. It's like a dark purple. And then when you add like lemon to it or any citrus, it like turns this like pinky purple color.
0: Yeah.
1: So Molly, am I coming over?
0: <laughs> <laughs> On my way. The elderberry gin is like my favorite. That's a good gin and tonic with like, we used to buy pink gin, which doesn't have a flavor. It was just pink. So I used to buy that a lot as well.
2: If I I'm also- an adult. I got a I don't know who Tangera it's a Tangera gin that's like orange infused that was only in the UK and then they brought it over one summer and it was on sale at my ABC store and I was like this looks good yeah it does yeah we totally got sidetracked
0: (laughs) it's Christmas time so I mean let's just what else do we do in the holidays other than drinks so you know it's relevant exactly if you guys haven't guessed by now this is molly and jess you've heard them (laughs) before (laughs) no introductions whatsoever here we're just going for i mean honestly it'll be in the show notes you'll have figured it out at this point how we doing
2: we're thriving i'm glad for this break of making candles
0: yeah how was so molly owns smiles and light she's been this is her fourth episode now how was black friday how was the sale going how are you feeling about
2: christmas Between Black Friday and Small Business Saturday, I sold over $1,200 worth of product in two days. Yeah, you did. So that's great. I just now have to make everything. Yep. (laughs) So, and I have a nine to five job. So this is a fun time. So this is a really nice break to have to chat with you all about a Christmassy book. Boiling
0: candle wax (laughs) all night long.
2: All night long. Who needs sleep? Sleep (laughs) for the week. Nobody's kidding. I'm so weak then. I need sleep.
0: I need sleep by like 9 PM. I'm like, all right, well I'm done now.
2: So (laughs) my bedtime.
0: I'm also grateful for this break because I already
1: had to start repacking.
0: Yeah. Jess, you're on like a escapade through the world. Tell us about your travels.
1: Um, I was just in London. I go to Florida for a work trip next week. I come back for 24 hours and then I turn around to go to Poland for a work trip. And then I come back for 24 hours and I go to Seattle to go home for the holidays because at that point it's like two days before christmas
2: well aren't we miss jet setter
0: yeah i am
1: not I'm exhausted <laughs> i've never seen so many airplanes that i will
0: in this time period. <laughs> yeah that's a little much that's too many <laughs> Tatiana, how are you doing has anyone asked you today i'm i'm okay i'm okay. fine i'm fine no, i'm just kidding uh i'm fine <laughs> i went to california last week no two weeks like three weeks ago now I actually have no what idea what is time what yeah. is time right before no. Thanksgiving and then my sister is like moving to Hawaii and so she was in the military did her last move dropped all her stuff off so that came like the day after I got back or two days after I got back and my best friend had knee surgery so I was like helping take care of her at her house for like two days the stuff came I had just gotten back it was Christmas or it was Thanksgiving so I haven't been home in like two and a half weeks now so I'm doing my best, really. Uh this is like the first Sunday was like the first full day I'd been home in a long time. So I'm I'm great. I'm doing my best. The podcast is thriving, you know. It's really a miracle that I've gotten some episodes out recently and I'm just doing great. <laughs> a plus work a plus work all of us (laughs) yeah just doing doing our absolute best so Jess has never been on the podcast before so she has to answer our token questions Molly's been on Um, twice answering them and her top five books so Jess what is your favorite series okay so I have two answers for this my popular like
1: most recently read is definitely Throat of Glass is my favorite series. And you can hear
2: Tatiana roll her eyes. <laughs> no, I said the same thing. And I said it because it was co- it was a completed series.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're yes. The third person to say that. Actually, you're probably like the fifth person to say that.
1: <laughs> Honestly, probably like there's been more. My like all time favorite is the Poison Study. Or it's like the study series by Maria, Maria V. Snyder. And I read those like in high school and they're well loved I have the first book in multiple languages like that's how I learned Spanish was like reading Poison Study in Spanish because I have that book memorized so and Fairyloot's about to do about to release their special editions for it and I I was on that site so fast to download to purchase them love it I'm stoked for
0: those that's awesome when were those published long time ago right I think like 2013 okay like it's been a while with the OG series is this is.
1: I like yeah.
0: that yeah a lot of people pick Throne of Glass I mean it's popular we get it
1: that's why I came up with a backup answer because I knew I'd get an <laughs> eye roll
0: that's all I got
2: <laughs> well I mean is it what do you can it's like series but then is it like duology or trilogy like yeah when you say series it's more than three
0: Yes, it has to be more than three. That's like my theory. We're not yeah. asked. We're not going to get into the nitty gritty of being like, okay, what's your favorite series? What's your favorite duology? What's your favorite? Du-? Well, that's like, why because, because like, if day. you had just said
2: like, <laughs> what's your favorite more than two books, I would have been like, mm, the uh, Bear and the Nightingale, Winter okay. Night series.
0: So. Maybe I'll have to add that question in. Like, what is your favorite trilogy? I feel like series okay next question anyway, also not sorry. finished also like I have a lot of
1: series yeah. that I love right now that aren't finished so I can't that can be a backup that. answer yeah I need to see where those series go like Crescent City, Crescent City. You know, <laughs> yeah uh, played a prisoner
0: those everything us one is like love. Crescent City <laughs> Crescent City played a prisoner are like my two favorite series right yeah. now but none yeah of that's very finished. fair I'm like trying to think of another one that's like not completed. I mean, Red Rising is mine and it's not completed, but technically the first three are done. So we'll just call it that. But my backup is like the Raven cycle. So fair. I was like, "Mm, my favorite, but now I'm realizing it's not done. So I don't know what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. He could write garbage. It could be blank. And it's still my favorite series. (laughs) (laughs) It does not even matter. It could just be a bunch of words strewn together pictures of his face yeah it could be gibberish honestly just pictures of his face it was absolutely honestly, my favorite series pictures of his face and danielle would buy it so much faster <laughs> so quick i'd be like nine copies of it i'm like how many? multiple languages yeah. i'd be pre-ordering that around the world <laughs> i'm like you get me any of those i'd be like that i it would be like midnights like Taylor just album like i'd be buying all of them oh you put out seven i'll buy all seven don't worry hardcover and paperback anyways um next question what is your favorite standalone <laughs> doing our best <laughs> i have a problem okay does the standalone
1: within a series count like i se- i'm sorry a series of standalones could i say a book within that
0: yes like hook line and sinker and then happen one summer love on the brain love hypothesis okay. that whole vibe yes okay then i say okay. the cornerstone by
1: kate canterbury it's by far my favorite.
0: I love that. What is that about? I know. I haven't so read.
1: it's part of the Walsh series, which is like a series of siblings. Ah, okay. It starts off with one of the brothers and then another brother, and then it goes to the sister. And this is the third book in the series. And it follows her love affair with this Navy SEAL. Ooh. so she so all of the brothers of this family are architects and she's like the lawyer and like real estate person for them so she sells their properties and handles all of their law stuff okay. and that
2: is like, a that's a very her big job that's yeah. some hats she's wearing and
1: that's and that honestly like that's part of her arc is like this navy seal being like you're juggling a lot of balls that's you, you probably shouldn't be juggling all of these balls. And she's also the <laughs> second five, And she's also the second oldest. So, and her mom died really young and her father was abusive. So it was really her and her older brother that took care of the entire family and they raised these kids. Like the youngest was two when the mom died. So she helped raise all of them. And so it's like this Navy SEAL being like, mm, you probably shouldn't parent your siblings. Let's create healthy boundaries. And yeah, it's like a really, really, really cute contemporary romance. That was a lot of rambling, but it's a great book.
0: I like that. I really like that. I need to look this up. I always like feel like I need a good romance that has like a long series romance. I know that lots of those exist, but I feel like a lot of them are dark. So this feels like less dark.
1: So Kate Canterbury's, all of her books are intermixed. Oh, we love so, that. it starts with the Walshes, and then there's a series called The Benchmarks, which one of the main characters from the first book is, like, a teacher, or a principal, right? and the Benchmarks are teachers at our school, Ooh. and then there's the Talbot Cove, which in the sixth book, I think it is, um, like, the youngest sister, the baby of the family, she, like, gets married to the best friend of one of the brothers and they get married on a lobster boat that's done like out in maine and and romantic like, it's like a random like like they're like let's go on an adventure and they go on this adventure and they like end up like helping this guy like pull in his lobster traps and the Talbot cove starts with that guy and and it's him fighting on the hunter. boat and then it relates to all of that and then there's other books that seem like they're standalones like in a jam seems like a, a standalone but throughout all of the books of the walshes they mention the hot jam man at the farmer's market and then in a jam follows the hot jam guy
2: maggie gates does the same thing and i just read her arc and she makes like one little like oh there's a guy in north carolina who owns planes and he had this part and that was like the call out to her Beaufort poker club people and like her other it just it's really cool when authors are able to do that and if you read all of the works then you're like <laughs>
0: I like, that. yeah, 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 and you're like, oh, this makes sense. I like that. That's fun. <laughs> you're like, it's an Easter egg. And I yeah, got <laughs> I love it. And then,
1: um, and in, in a jam, which is her most recently released book, yeah, she's talking like the main character Shay. Her best friend is this person who named Jamie, who lives with this girl named Dylan, which is a call out to Dylan is the oldest brother's assistant
0: oh okay.
1: from like the so like it's like a weird okay. circular and it's so I texted the author because I interviewed her for my podcast she was like one of like my first interviews she's like by far my most yeah. to episode and I was like is Dylan Dylan the girl <laughs> and she goes yeah it is <laughs> it's like a plus Kate a plus
0: <laughs> way to bring it back way to circle it back I like that <laughs> okay next question who is your ultimate book boyfriend okay so i'm gonna say will from the
1: cornerstone he's like the love interest mostly because i think he has like a really healthy outlook on boundaries yeah and he's 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 a contemporary guy so like i can like actually input him into my real life that's valid whatever fantasy people are great
0: (laughs) they're real too however
1: however, i would also say rowan (laughs) (laughs) would you
2: there it is (laughs) Would yes. you Yes, <laughs> I said Lorcan, so a plus. I mean Lorkin. A plus <laughs> yes, but Rowan, ugh, he's like a cardboard do cutout.
0: <laughs> do I, make I fun have of your No love personality no. whatsoever. To whatever end. Which end? Whose end? Where? What end? Do I make fun of your love interest? No. <laughs> Listen, mine's Jamie Frazier. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to make fun of him, okay? We've seen him in real life. That man is gorgeous. <laughs> there is no argument. Ooh, or Rip. Yeah. Rip *Play
1: played a prisoner is also a really great book boyfriend. I accept all three. Okay.
2: I think oh, I also she... said death because we happened to t- yeah. be talking about Belladonna and like...
0: Yeah, he's definitely up there. Like Luke from Addie? Oh, he's he's a great... <laughs> as we all like <laughs>
2: like honestly have to t- smell the vapors yeah. to wake up, Like,
0: listen i am henry but like i i would smash luke you know like doing my best it Any... would have also been a great book henry and luke would have read that oh my god well. i i'm sure there's fan fiction about it and i would read the shit out of it 100 there has to be somebody find it send it to me now okay who is your <laughs> ultimate book girlfriend and if you say Manon, you're i'm ending the podcast now <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely not Manon. Okay.
1: Um, Aylin. If you say Ailyn,
0: we're definitely. I'm. I'm shutting it down right now. <laughs> There's another acceptable answer. Aged ten years. <laughs> I'm not gonna say Bryce. I'm not gonna say Bryce. Okay. I might say Bryce or Addie. Bryce or Addie. Okay. That'll do. I think the most popular answers on this show are Throne of Glass, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and an Akatar or like Throne of Glass man. Like, those are definitely, everyone mentions those, really, Addie LaRue and Throne of Glass are mentioned at least once an episode. Like, everybody, <laughs> everybody picks up, because so they're like, there's not a lot of standalones. I'm like, there are so many. So but many. Yes. I, be- I said
2: the song of Achilles first, but then I changed. That's true.
0: There are a lot. There are a ton. I mean. Okay, I so I struggle with this. What?
1: Because, like, I am, like, not super attracted to women yeah so I struggle with, with book girlfriends in general because yeah just, you can pick someone like, like you wish you were
2: like Sandra like, is also one of my favorite yeah like, she's she definitely there
0: mine like, is like Bryce yeah Lysandra
2: Danica, uh, I think Danica is pretty like I like her
0: but so my struggle is is also like
1: I really like played a prisoner yeah but I think Oren is just the worst character ever and like i get why she is and like not everyone responds to trauma with strength like an alien yeah but
0: i have no sympathy for that but like, like get it together she, she i just i kind of want to slap her yep um uh, and kind of same with like a like
1: the main character in a curse so of dark and lonely like i like her but like at the same time i kind of want to
0: slap her harper, <laughs> harper is that her name harper yeah okay, it's harper yeah She's a gem real just doing her best. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to choose. I don't there's not a lot of female characters I like relate to. I was doing that. This is like so irrelevant to everything else we were talking about. But I was like trying to find pictures of like the oh, my God, that's me as a character thing. And I was trying to do like shows and things. And every character I chose was like David from Schitt's Creek, Crowley from Supernatural, uh I was like I need to pick a girl like I need to pick a girl because everyone's gonna be like why do you think you're a man I'm like Jesper <laughs> from like Shadow and Bone and I'm like what <laughs> I was like okay you really? from Vampire Diaries like she's neurotic and insane so that one's me <laughs>
2: there was like a thing a number of years ago on Facebook or and or Instagram because that's back when like those were the only two social platforms where it was yeah. like pick three TV movie characters that describe you so mine was Julia Sugarbaker mm. from Designing Women, Chandler Bing. Th- me too. Like every time I'm like Chandler? <laughs> Chandler. And then Bridget Jones uh, from Bridget Jones. I Diary. could definitely see that. Yeah. That was like, that's like me in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. I was really trying to do the list and I was like, I, I was like, okay, I can't do Alec Lightwood again if I just picked like all men. Let me, I was like, I was like going back and forth and I really was like every single person that I relate to is like a dude oh wait
1: no i take it back Yel- yelena from um poison study yelena from poison study okay. she is an excellent book girlfriend she's ah. kind of at the beginning but she like her arc in that first book is like fantastic so her i choose her okay
0: i like them <laughs> So <laughs> should we get into the main topic of our episode i think we should think i'm we so should. excited so we were talking about window shopping by tessa bailey We will do star ratings at the very end, but let's start with like initial thoughts. How did you feel about the book?
2: It's Ted Lasso, but like department store and it's Ted Lasso with the door open when he basically sleeps with the What's-Her-Face's best friend. Yeah. You get to see everything. It's Ted Lasso, but spicy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But spicy. I've never seen that.
2: First of all, everyone needs to watch that show like hands down it is the warm hug you didn't know you needed it is the show you didn't realize what it was until you're watching it and then you're like holy what yeah who wants
1: to share their apple plus password with me
0: (laughs) i've never seen ted lasso but i have heard of it and for whatever reason in my sick and twisted brain anytime i hear the name ted i just think of bundy so um i was trying really hard to like not picture that while i was reading this book because you had said oh this is ted lasso and i was like who is Ted Lasso? And then I was like, I need to look this up. And then I kept thinking, mm, this isn't like Ted Bundy at all. And that's where I'm at. <laughs> Ted so Lasso, I'm doing well.
2: <laughs> it's, it's such a wholesome, like, and the book yep. is too. Like Tessa definitely takes those characteristics that those who've seen the show love about Ted. Yes. And put it into Aiden. And Aiden is just this, like, definitely seems like from the South, small town kind of, kind of character who is, running an old school department store in New York City. Like he is like in charge and kind of out of his element, but not. And that's very much the vibe of Ted Lasso. And it just is so wholesome. And in the face of adversity and everything, Ted Lasso and Aiden both have this positive attitude and a smile on their face and just, they end up on top. Yeah. Or just that too. On top. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're just one. <laughs> pun, in- pun intended. You don't see that outlook anymore because we are all so jaded and it's refreshing seeing that. Yeah. And Stella is basically us as a society. We are so jaded and we are so like, have our guard up and we've gone through shit. And then, then there's Aiden who's like, tell me about my store. What's wrong with it? But you don't know it's my store, but tell me how you would make this better. And it's just, it's refreshing that someone could take criticism.
1: I think, so A, like Tessa Bailey does really well at like adapting TV shows to her own books. I mean, we have, what's it called?
2: It Happened One Summer.
1: Yeah, which is based off of Schitt's Creek. Like this is based off of Ted Lasso. Like she does that really well. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But also I think it's really rare to see a grumpy sunshine trope where the man is the sunshine. like he's always the grumpy person and like that's kind of what we come to expect but Aiden is just like this ball of sunshine and it's just it's so endearing and
0: like he has like the bow ties and you're just like I just just, you're just so cute and and I think she did a really good job of like describing him like I felt the entire time I had like a very vivid picture Uh, honestly well I have, like, the cartoon cover version. I think it's the UK version. I honestly have no idea where it came from. So I have an idea of what he looked like, but I felt like she painted a really vivid picture that I knew what he looked like the whole time I was reading it. And I love that because I feel like sometimes, too, we don't get, even if we have the dual POV, like, we don't really get this idea of, like, who he is or how he acts. And I felt like she does a really great job of doing the mannerisms and making you, yeah. like, fall for those characters. And honestly, I liked Aiden way more than I liked Stella, which is probably, like... <laughs> because Stella is the rest of us and who we are and we like want to be Aiden but I was I liked his point of view a lot better I think
1: but also I think the way she did write Stella I mean it was really refreshing yeah and different from like books that I read every day it was just it was different in a great way I mean Stella was really jaded but also she like didn't make excuses for herself Like she was very like upfront with like this is who I am. This she is it. the table. And like you just yeah, like you said, she owns it and she owns was,
2: her mistakes. Yeah. And that she's not necessarily running from her past. She right. owns it. She's like, this is what happened. Now she doesn't necessarily talk about it because it, it was a traumatic time. And she inherently is a good person who just got wrapped up with the wrong people. And because my mom always says, and I would laugh because I never did but good people get caught and she is a good person. Yeah. she stayed with the shop owner who got shot and like did basic first aid until the ambulance came. She, you know what I mean? Like she just wrapped up in the wrong crowd and she did her time. She got out. Like,
0: yeah. I think the big issue that I had with Stella and this might just be like me is she did a lot of like, I don't know if it's like self-deprecating talk is the right word, but she would be like, I don't deserve this. And like, you know, I don't think I'm like qualified for this. And I was like, I don't know if this is just because I'm unemployed currently, but I was like, bitch, you take what you get and you run with it. OK, you take that job. You be happy. You like think you're worth it. And I just like I feel like a lot of the times I really wanted to scream at her and be like, you are worth it, even if you're not qualified, like someone gave you a chance. And I felt so bad that she spent the whole time thinking like I wasn't worth it.
2: Do you know what I mean? That's imposter syndrome, but also society has told her she is not worth it because she went to jail. And you have it's this just like, in jail for, for years. Years. Like you have this stigma now. You have right. this mark on your record that you are not good enough. Now, legally, no one cannot hire you because of that mark, but they have to know about that mark. Right. And that just it it's like I'm laugh at me if you will if I say this it reminds me of Les Mis where like Jean Valjean tries to get work and he can't because he has that piece of paper that says he was in jail right just it's this like black mark and so he has to reinvent himself into someone new in order to get work and he is inherently a good person it's very similar to Stella yeah only she doesn't necessarily reinvent herself she just owns it and she works through her insecurities with the help of Aiden, right. who points out that, yes, you are a good person. You just needed someone to be there to show you that you're a good person and that there are good people willing to help you and that the people that you interact with, if they're good, then it's a good thing. And that you just are a good person who interacted with the wrong people.
1: Yeah. And honestly, even correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while since I've read it, but like even her parents were like, Mm. are you yeah. sure you are you sure you want to do that like yeah. they weren't the most supportive as so she had to come about that and like her best friend that she got in trouble with like basically said she wasn't worth it right and so like everyone else besides Aiden was telling her that she wasn't worth this and like after a while like you start to believe it and, like mm-hmm. while I'm very much of a fan of being like what would a mediocre white man do?
0: Yeah, that's kind of how I and like, But like,
1: like not yeah, all guess... women do. And like, that's right. like, it's a really poignant comment on women in society as well. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and I think that it like cut really deep. And after a while I was like, okay, how do we get her out of this? Like, where is this storyline going to go? And I think it was, you know, it's very well written in the fact that it felt like realistic But I think after a while, I was like, okay, this one cuts a little too deep for me right this moment. Like, (laughs) I just want somebody to take a chance on me. Okay. And if someone had, I'd be like forever grateful. And I felt like she was, but also at the same time, it was like, it was a little hard to read, I guess. It's not like it was poorly written or any of that kind of stuff. I think just after a while, it was like, okay, I understand like the insecurity that you're feeling, but like, what are we going to do about it? And you know, we, it finally came to the conclusion at the end where she was like, I appreciate that Aiden is like my knight in shining armor, but also like my biggest supporter. And I think that that was done really well. And, but I just, in the middle there. I was like, this is, this is hard. <laughs> I'm it's hard but that's
2: like it, I mean, I feel like all three of us at the same time have yeah. experienced that imposter syndrome where we almost are like paralyzed by it. And we're just like, oh my God, like someone's going to one day wake up and go, this girl has no idea what the F she's doing. And right we're, we're going to call her out on it and it's terrifying because you believe those little voices in your head that tell you you don't know what you're doing and that you're not good enough and you shouldn't be where you are and like how on earth how dare you want to get further in your career how dare you because everyone has told you otherwise to sit down and be quiet yeah so I mean
1: I will argue that it does get a little bit honest yeah and Tessa Bailey while a fantastic writer, I think she kind of struggles with her female protagonists. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't, like, round them out like she does the men. And, like, I think that that happened in – it happened one summer and Hookline and Sinker and a couple of her others where, like, her women yeah. are just a little bit more one or two-note versus her men are, like, 14-note. Yeah. Like, and- they're
0: just less well-rounded, I guess. And I think it's, like – I think it's a lot of like women, like men written by women that she does what she would think she hopes that men are thinking at the time. And like, i read, a, I read this and I'm currently reading secretly yours. So like, I've done a lot of tests of like back to back to back. And I, I totally agree with you there. And I think like you're saying, like she's a great author, but sometimes I think we also like get in our head where it's really exciting to read like a male point of view and it's everything you want. And I love, I don't like, I'm not obsessed with miscommunication trope, but I do love this one where it's like a vague miscommunication where it's just like the fact that these are like internal thoughts that no one expresses, which nobody in real life would do it either. So like the miscommunication trope in general is like so realistic. So it's like, I kind of love that concept, but I think like you're saying, I think a lot of the times the male one is like way more rounded out and There was a couple points in time, especially like towards the end where Stella's like in the dress and she's trying it on. And, you know, she gets a phone call from her best friend. She goes into the room and then Aiden's like, do you want me to go with you? And she's like, no. And then they kind of end the conversation on a weird note. And Aiden's like, I think it's all over. And I was like, I didn't get that vibe. So like, and she kind of said the same thing. She was like, I don't know where we stand. And I was like, how though? You know what I mean? And so I thought there was a little, there was a little bit there that I think like, The miscommunication was a little too vague if that makes sense like it didn't it's not like i i felt like either character knew where they stood in their own head (laughs) like at the time (laughs) i was like i don't understand what just happened here and obviously it ends on like a really great note but it was just kind of that was a really weird moment and kind of reminded me that like yeah i feel like the female characters aren't necessarily like all the way ready to be who they're supposed to be this episode is sponsored by audible from amazon We all know I'm obsessed with audiobooks. Audible from Amazon is the perfect way to get all of my favorites in one place. Anytime I feel like I need a good cry, I listen to the Audible exclusive version of A House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Mass. When the latest training book comes out and I don't have time to physically read it, I head to Audible. For one low monthly price, you get a select book or two of your choosing to keep forever, and you gain access to exclusive Audible members-only content. So if you've ever thought about trying audiobooks, wanna be able to listen to your favorites whenever you want, or you're just obsessed with audiobooks like me, then you need to check out Audible by Amazon. Click the link in the show notes for a free trial or head over to www.audibletrial.com backslash the bookish banter podcast.
2: And I think you hit the nail on the head, Tatiana, when you said that she writing, a female writing a male is that aspirational qualities and aspirational description of what we want that male to be like where it's actually as a female it's really hard to write another female whether that person's just like you or just like someone else because we as women in society have so much against us whether it's the constantly fighting the imposter syndrome like the patriarchy like you name it whatever it can be very touchy to kind of almost because if she does more of an aspirational character in the female aspect is it then going to be viewed as "Mm, are you sure about that like it's that are you too
0: much right like is she too much is she
2: too much is that realistic does she have the right to do like it and women do that to women so like I it's it wouldn't be necessarily men saying that because I don't I would love to know her stats of how many male readers she has but I think it's it's hard to write a contemporary female character that has as you guys said like the 14 notes because it's hard <laughs> it's hard to be a woman in this society and write potentially that aspirational aspect of that character without seeming to be quote unquote too much or this person isn't real like we all would like to believe that Aiden is real or we all would like to believe that like Ted Lasso is real. Maybe he is. We don't know. But like society lets us believe that society wants us to believe that society doesn't necessarily want us to believe that there are like Bryce's out there or aliens. So it just, I think I agree with you, but I also think it's very much a challenging concept to write a female character, especially in a contemporary romance.
1: I mean, like, I think that this, like, ties back to my struggle to find, like, a book girlfriend. Like, I tend to nitpick the female characters of books and, like, I put it up against what I would do versus, like, I don't do that for the men because, like, I truly can't get into that mindset. So, like, I can see how that would be really difficult for an author as well. And, yeah, so I fully agree with you there.
0: Yeah, and I think this was a really great Christmas romance, and I love Christmas romances for the fact that the timeline is so fast. Like, you know, they always last about two weeks, and then they're get engaged or married or like in love forever, <laughs> and it's just, which I think is so funny because it's never real. <laughs> no,
2: it's it's this is a Hallmark movie yeah. slash lasso with
0: spice. Like, yeah, it's like two weeks max, and he's like looking at rings at the end, and. <laughs> I don't know if any of us has, like, noticed this in all of her books. And maybe it's just because I'm reading these two at the same time. There are a lot of um, male shower scenes by themselves. And I think there's one in... I'm pretty sure there's one in hook, line, and sinker as well. There That's is. like her iconic. Yeah. So I I just appreciate that. We do get one of those in here as well, just as an FYI for the group. <laughs> I think that she did a really good job with the smutty scenes not being too smutty. I think this is a good one for anybody who's like looking to get into Tessa, you know, and doesn't, isn't necessarily ready for like. This was my first Tessa Bailey book. Was it?
2: Okay yeah actually you know what it was mine too
0: (laughs) it's an oldie but a goodie you know I mean it just came out last year but yeah is it really that's so funny yeah so
1: I read window shopping and then I got approved for the hook line sinker arc yeah I read that first and then I read it happened one summer okay so and then those are like the three that I've read from Tessa
2: yeah so yeah window shopping was my intro and it honestly was sold to me as this is Ted Lasso but yeah, apartment store. And I was like, Ted Lasso is amazing. And so I read it and then I read it happened one summer and then got hook, line, and sinker when it came out. Okay.
0: I've read her Fix It Up, Fix Her Up, Fix, whatever that that hot, hot and hammered series, Fix Her Up. I'm looking at my shelf, Fix Her Up and the um, Tools of Engagement, that whole series. that I've read a lot of Tessa Bailey. I love her. <laughs> really she is tell. liable I to put out a training order
1: Wait, <laughs> if we're talking about a tessa bailey's
0: book we need to hear the tessa bailey and Polycon story oh my god yeah so i went to this has been such a wild year i like also this is a side note today is my two-year anniversary, and i was like going back through <laughs> all my old photos and i was like so many things have happened this year so at the very start of the year i did uh the tessa bailey's westport signing which is where Hookline and sinker and it happened One summer is set and it was right before Hookland and Singer had come out, but we knew who it was going to be about. And I met her there, and there was only like thirty-five people. It was a very small amount it was in Westport, Oregon. Yeah, it was. It was. It was vague. <laughs> I will say it now. I was surprised there was that many people there, but it was. I mean, it sold out, or like however many they were allotting. Uh, There were so many weirdos like me. Anyways, so I met her there. And then I read Hook, Line and Sinker in one sitting on the plane where I like wept as I watched like Westport fly away. And I was just so sad. And I loved the book so much. And I became a crazy person. And then we met her at the bar in a Polycon. And I think I was like half a bottle of wine deep. Uh, I cornered the woman like a linebacker at a football game and was like, Oh my God, I met you in for Westport signing and I like wept on the plane and I love your book so much and you were just like the greatest. And she was like, and she looked like the Simpsons, Homer That's Simpson, when Homer he, like, Simpson in the Disappears greenery. into a bush. Uh, anyways, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I like screamed in her face at like 7 p.m. in Washington, D.C. And she'll never, ever acknowledge my existence again. And I love Tessa. So I think all of her books are great. I have not read her newest one. But i read all her other ones, mostly. The
2: Happenstance.
0: Oh, no, I haven't read that one. Uh, I haven't read My Killer Vacation.
2: I did. I actually really liked it. Yeah? I also read it, like, at the beach. So it was, like... Vibes. Setting the vibes. It was super quick. It was quick, like...
0: Yeah. Window shopping, window shopping. Is quick. That's my one thing. I kind of wish this book was a little bit longer, almost. I don't know what I would need more of, but, like, I almost wish it was a little over 300 pages instead of like 250
1: that's agree. my critique almost always for yeah most, like contemporary romance novels especially like the ones that are like how how many pages is it like 200 pages i wrote on my kindle
0: yeah it's like 237 or something it's
1: very yeah strange. i i think my perfect book length is around 300 pages Damn. like you just need those extra like 75 pages to like round out a story sometimes. Yeah, I and almost felt that about this as well.
0: Yeah, and I think the beginning, like the meet cute is funny and like it doesn't seem too obvious. And I I really liked Stella's internal monologue at the beginning there, but I almost felt like their insta love was, I wish it would have been flushed out a little bit more.
2: Yeah, agree. And like
0: a little more pining maybe perhaps before they like met again. Like I could have used another 10 pages before he like brought her in for the interview. And I could have used a little bit more of, like, her in the store and all that kind of stuff. But I think, yeah, that's probably
2: my biggest yeah. a little more of him trying to get her into the store. Yes. Yes. Interview. That would have been, that would have added more to the tension.
1: Yeah. Yeah. like because, it, because it's a holiday. Like, there's not, like, a ton of tension and I needed a little bit more.
0: And, like, the time, yeah. And, like, we're kind of in a time crunch, but I felt like between her first... Window or what have you, and the reveal of it, like when she started to the reveal, was like they were already just like heavy breathing in the same vicinity, and I was like, "Mm, could have used a slower burn, (laughs) but I think it was really good. I think the idea of like having a window display person, like as a job, was really really unique for like a Christmas book, and I think it made a lot of sense. I would have never thought of that as a career.
2: So great. I don't know about anybody else, but I have gone to New York and and like gone to the Macy's window display like people lined up to look at them and so that my envisioning of like the store was more of Miracle on 34th Street department store not necessarily Macy's but very much that same vibe of what the window display and I think that's who they were kind of competing against yeah because it's definitely an establishment in New York City or those elaborate yeah. Like FAO Schwartz style type window of designs. And it's very much as someone I worked retail and granted it was not New York city. It was not at Christmas time. Well, it was at Christmas time, but not, it was at Levi's, but we are given like a book of what to do, but there's someone who is designing that. And I'm like, that is the coolest job ever. Yeah. Um, so doing that from like a small business standpoint is a lot more intimate. And I think it's really cool that we got to see that side of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I truly like I haven't gone to New York to see that. But honestly, just being in London, maybe and then like re-looking through this book again, maybe be like, oh, because in London the Fortnum and Mason windows are like what you look for. Yeah and like those are crowded. And then the light display at Harrods is like the big thing. Like I was brought to both of those windows by my friends being like, you have to see the Fortnum and Mason windows and the Harrods light display. And like the Harrods light display was like, Christian Dior paid a lot of money for that, but it was shocking and it was not something I really had context for after reading that book. And then that was the first
2: time I ever saw it in person when I was like, Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's always something to look forward to if you live close to those areas of like, what's the theme going to be this year? What it like. Yeah. Like Macy's still does it, but it's not the same, the same as it was like back when Macy's, I think was like still Macy's before Macy's bought every other freaking department store before they did that when it was still very much, I feel like a, not a small business, but like. competing right yeah the window display was it was like they revealed it and it was and even if you not necessarily New York level but I feel like Nordstrom kind of adds to that kind of drama now because they purposefully don't put up their Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving. They cover their windows. They put signs up saying, you know, we're, we're not going to be open on Thanksgiving. We're going to blah, 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 blah. And then they reveal it. And it's, I mean, it's not anything where you're like, what theme is Nordstrom doing this year? But it still adds to that excitement of what Christmas display is going to look like.
0: Yeah. And I, I feel like This made a lot of sense with like Sella's internal debate of being like, I'm not that qualified. Like I took a couple classes of design online and I was thinking the same damn thing. I was like, listen, girl, you're not even a little bit qualified. I don't know how this man just like gave you a chance, but you better be appreciative of that. But I did really like that, you know, she took what she was given and then she made something really amazing. And everybody felt that even not knowing her very well you know like she did have the one friend but everybody else was like this is amazing and I felt like her design the the way that Tessa like describes it of being like the red dress is like you know something you would never buy but someone might buy for you or something you never thought to treat yourself and then she did the one about you know taking care of yourself and all that so I did really like the descriptions there and I think that made a lot of sense and it was I don't know, just another element that like I enjoyed that we got her doing the job that she was saying that she was supposed to do and like really explaining it and showing how she was qualified for it. And, you know, I wasn't jealous at all.
1: It's really clear that Tessa does her research.
0: Yes. Yeah, I I mean, I liked it. This is one of my like... More loved, I think, Christmas romances. I haven't read a ton, like, recently. Most of the ones I've read of, like, Western Christmas romances, which are just interesting in a whole different way. You know, like, a down-on-his-luck rancher who's, like, taking over the family farm for Christmas and, like, <laughs> this small-town girl who's like, I thought your dad was here and it's not. <laughs> and they fall in love. Anyways, I have a problem. Dog Christmas romance where they, like, find a puppy in the snow. It's a
2: puppy in the snow. Those I are- have not watched a single, like, Hallmark movie yet
0: you haven't I haven't either actually I'm not in the Christmas have you guys decorated for Christmas
2: I will not not. be decorating I will no No, let me pause I will not be putting up a tree this year I just do not have the space for it but I will be putting up other decorations
1: I'm not here in the month of December so I really wanted to I like started to purchase decorations and then I was like this is pointless I'm not at home
0: yeah I decorated my entire home including my bathrooms I'm proud of you in kitchens changed the shower mm-hmm. curtains took the pictures off the walls we bought a new tree this year i have five trees in my house i'm here for a week so i decorated like november 1st uh i'm a big christmas fan but i like haven't really been in the christmas spirit this year i just forced myself to do it and this was the start of my christmas being was reading this book <sighs> i
2: love it what were okay. yours
0: um do you have anything else to share i'm kind of i'm there wasn't like a lot that I. Felt like was diveable into. The spice was really good. That's the true. Spice was excellent.
1: Although I like it kind of cracked me up that like Aiden's like downfall in relationships is how aggressive he is in bed. Like what a, what a negative characteristic behind it?
2: <laughs> Jess, it is the it is the soft dom that we were talking about. It is the soft dom that we were it talking about. Soft dom. <laughs> Aiden is a really? soft dom where he is a complete yeah cinnamon roll outside of the bedroom but once he gets in he takes charge and that for me as someone who's watched Ted Lasso and when you watch Ted Lasso and then you think back to this book but realize I watched Ted Lasso first and then read this I was like oh (laughs) like there it is really demanding I was like holy crap so um
1: Molly and I had an entire FaceTime today about who we want in life is just a really soft (laughs) arm. And that's Aiden, in a nutshell. like That's true, yeah. Bow ties and all. Bow ties and all. Bow ties and
2: all. But,
1: like, it really cracked me up that, like, his last relationship failed because he
0: was too aggressive. I mean, I don't know. If you don't know what you're signing up for, it might be too much, you know?
2: Well, because you approach someone like Aiden and you're like, oh, he's so wholesome. He's so mad. And then in the bedroom, he's like... Get on your knees, and you're like, "What is this?" I would be like, "Yes, sir." (laughs) right I'd be like, "Call me a good girl, and I'm good." Like, (laughs) "Yes, sir."
0: (laughs) Whatever you say, that's totally fine. I'd be like, "This is this is even
1: better." But the fact that his like, yeah, just were like, just kidding. I'm like, "Who the fuck are you dating?"
2: (laughs) Right
0: yeah I was really curious about that. I did love his aunt Edna, or whatever her name was stories. I thought they were really wholesome, but I would love to know more about his um honey enterprise and how he had all this money and I hate his parents just wanted to his parents out. were
2: awful. Is it like his mom and his grandfather is that because I, I think it's just
0: his grandfather or no, his grandmother and his dad and their cousin was like all that was mentioned and like the board meetings and stuff. and I felt like that was I don't know it was a little atypical like this is who the villain is. But uh I hate them and I i loved the way they were written.
1: Aunt Edna though. True and, MVP.
0: True MVP. And I love that she got to show up at the end. But I will say I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, and this book wasn't long enough for that to happen, where they like inevitably break up at some point or something happens. And the inevitability was like her saying that she wasn't ready to date him. And I was like, is that it? I was really waiting for something else to happen at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You mean the third act breakup?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. But this is a two-act book. Yeah. This (laughs) is a two-act book (laughs) that ends with an epilogue of like matching robes. Like, (laughs) I was like, perfect. But yeah, I think that stressed me out a little bit as like we got closer and closer to the end. I was like, what bad thing is going to happen? Because I was waiting for that. But you're right. It is it is a two-act book, and there was no third act breakup, which I did like. But I was really waiting for that. And her, I think the thing with Nicole was a little anticlimactic. Like how that all went down and she like talked about how much she affects her life and then she called a few times she didn't answer and then when she gets there she's like we have to have our own separate lives but you can live here and then like she left which i thought was like really healthy boundaries but i thought something else was gonna happen with nicole
2: yeah it was gonna be more of a like the earring situation
0: yeah like yeah a blowout or like she was the one who did it or something like that you know what i mean or she was going to yeah. like find out about it or like ruin her job. I don't know. I, I That's kind of what I was waiting for. I was waiting for something like really tumultuous to happen. I don't even know if that's I was right waiting
2: word. for her friend to be the really diabolical person, the mastermind behind it all. And she was to an extent, but Stella grew up enough and had yeah. some cojones to put up those healthy boundaries and say, you can do this, but I'm going to live my life and you're not going to be part of it.
1: I Yeah. Like I think this book would have been slightly stronger if it had a third act yeah like I did I happened. do love this book yeah I did yeah. give it I think four stars when I yeah. first read it but yeah. I think I'm well, gonna look up on, look
0: it up on I think rate. I gave it like three seven five I was like all right I've put enough of hers I know where I'm at I was like right. it took me a little longer than I think it should have to get through it like I read like 150 pages I think on the plane and then I just finished it like a week and a half later like I wasn't dying to pick it up and know what happened next but I thought it was really good in like the setting. But I just felt like I was, it was giving me anxiety thinking, like, what was going to happen? Like, there's got to yeah. be something bad that happens, and nothing did. But again, it's a yeah. romance, so maybe
2: not. I read it in a day. And again, I went into it thinking uh, or having it being sold to me as a Ted Lasso story. So I was right. like, does it give me Ted Lasso? Yes, it does. Am I entertained? Yeah. Was the spice something I wasn't expecting? Yeah, it was because again, right. this was my intro to t- to Tessa Bailey.
1: You're so. really good at being able to like clear expectations, though. Yeah, like, that is one of your superpowers. Just in life, I, I'm Like to like, so like set I don't aside even... your s- expectations yeah. and like go in open minded and like get what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. Versus, I never read Tessa Bailey before. I just heard that this was like a fun, spicy holiday romance, and I put it up against every other book that I've ever read and so therefore
0: like poor book it's okay (laughs) enough (laughs) and me on the other hand I go in with like no synopsis and I'm like well if it's disappointing it's because I didn't know what it was about
1: (laughs) like I went in with no synopsis like my friend Danielle Kindle Comfort on Instagram she recommended it to me and I was like just like went in because she recommended it and then I was like Oh, like this is a great book. This is a fun holiday. Like the spice is great. So, like, I didn't have like context for it. Right. Besides, this is a holiday spicy romance. So, I, I think
2: learn to not have expectations in general. And I f- just, yes, you and I talked about this books, before.
0: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. I mean, if no, you have no expectations, I, you cannot be disappointed. <laughs> I was burned when it, especially when it comes to. Book to movie adaptations. I yeah. have absolutely no expectations whatsoever. I was burned, and Jess and I talked about this recently. I loved the book, The Other Bolin Girl. Mm. Loved the book. So excited for the movie. Was kind of like, eh, with the casting. Saw the movie the entire time. I went, This isn't the book. This isn't the book. This isn't the book. This is not historically accurate. This yeah. isn't the book. This isn't the book. And I left going well that was shit and being so disappointed and my mom was who is was a teacher a reading teacher was like you cannot go into these movies expecting the book because as tatiana's merch says book is always better always except for shadow and bone that's a whole nother debate yeah that's (laughs) yeah But um, if you like that little saying, check out the link in the bio for merch because um, it's really cute. You should get. Look some. at Molly.
0: Look, Look at, at Molly. Molly. She's the best. <laughs> I agree, and like I think, I think it's hard to be disappointed in like a holiday of anything, like a holiday book, a holiday movie, a holiday song. It's really hard to be disappointed in any form of like, unless you're Jess of these. Because I feel like you have to go in knowing it's cheesy, that the timeline is ridiculous, and, like, something magical is going to happen, whether it's, like, Christmas magic, real magic, or Santa magic, you know? Like,
2: there's like, always we of that We all go element. into watching Hallmark movies knowing it's really the thing. You know it's going to be awful. It's you know, switch. like, oh, it's going to snow and everyone's hair looks amazing and no right, one yes. looks frizzy and, like, no one's cold and, like... The small town, everyone gets together and no one's griping at each other. And I'm like, this isn't real. There's hot cocoa
0: everywhere, just abundant.
2: (laughs) Right. So like, there's no Amazon in these movies. Like it just, but we know that. And we watch it because it's like the little bit of like that unrealistic wholesomeness that Mm -hmm. we all need. And that's kind of how I went into window shopping. I was like, you know what? It's going to be like, I was honestly expecting Whole a magical moment. window and then and then it was a magical window indeed yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's fair this definitely didn't have the cheese factor i think a lot of holidays holiday like romances do but i was expecting it so my expectations were low but they were not met <laughs>
2: i had no expectations that's the way to do it
0: i think it was really i mean it was good it was it was fine it was fine i think for me in the point in my life i am right now i was like stella you better take what you're given you better be fucking grateful and you better move on and do your job and i was like i'm done with you
2: (laughs) so i think you all need you both especially and everyone out there who's listening needs to watch ted lasso and then either like in the book again or watch Ted Lasso and then read this book because it just, at least get up to the Christmas episode of Ted Lasso and then you can read it. Because number one, it's the best episode, Christmas episode of any show, hands down. But it just kind of adds to Aiden's character. Yeah. Even more.
1: Yeah, honestly, without knowing that, like, it happened one summer, it was based on Alexis. Yeah. Like, I think it's harder to identify with her. But the minute you know that that, sh- that she is supposed to be Alexis, yeah,
2: you're like,
0: oh,
2: you look what this is. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, and I think Tatiana and I touched on this. We, I I liked Hook, Line, and Sinker a whole lot better. Yeah. Because same. I related to Hannah. Same. So much better.
1: Wow. It's
0: like we're all friends or something.
1: Yeah. It's like we're all the
0: same person. It's weird.
2: It's we hate each weird. other. Can you tell?
0: We're all side main characters, you know? <laughs> Our side. book two we're the book two main character
2: yeah we're the side characters that everybody loves a lot of trauma anywho <laughs> we're the manans <laughs> yeah
0: that's so true Lysandras,
2: just up the like <laughs> sandras and manans god
0: so what your guys' star ratings yours was five stars molly
2: yeah as just again i go in with really like no expectations i just want to am i entertained yeah is it wholesome was a five
1: You give a five star review, Molly.
2: I and I said this before, I'm like Oprah. Like I recently started doing the four star reviews. And I'm like, take it back, Molly. Was it really five stars? Like, take it back. Um, but I go in with did it give what I was expecting it to give? And usually it's is it entertaining? Is it holiday? Was it Ted Lasso? Because that's how it was sold to me as. Yeah. And the answer to all of that, that was yes
1: what about Um, that's funny I gave it four stars and I gave out four stars like Oprah like uh, every book that I like enjoy gets a four star if I like freaking loved it it gets a five star but
0: I love to to give one stars but go ahead
2: (laughs) my my goal in 2023 was is to really uh focus more on like maybe bringing it down to a four-star review and like really thinking about it and knowing that three stars isn't necessarily a bad thing I also have to realize that it is my opinion and it doesn't matter if the author sees it or not it's my opinion and if their feelings are hurt about my one review then maybe they shouldn't be writing
0: yeah as long as you don't tag them I learned that lesson the hard way Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) anything under five stars better not tag them (laughs) yeah yeah i think i've just been generous proper with- etiquette yeah just don't even um i am really generous with the three stars but towards the end of the year i've been like oprah as well i'm like you get a five star review and you get a five star and honestly everybody's a four like if i didn't dnf it it's a four
2: <laughs> like, if, I like, if i got through it, if what? i got through it and i was like okay then it's yeah. like
0: four stars for you yeah unless I have like a lot of things I think that I can like critically point out this one I don't know it's just if I was doing off the vibes I probably gave it like a 375 like I wasn't I don't know I felt like I was like are you not entertained and I was not (laughs) were you if you were employed would you give it higher stars I probably would yeah I was a little bitter I was like oh
2: you just wandered on in there with your bangs and got a job with your bangs don't hate us people who have bangs like, well, okay I I but bangs.
1: Stella's
0: Stella's crooked bangs were like a comment <laughs> yeah I was like maybe I need some tights and, and like a skirt and some bangs and some docks that's uh, what yeah. you do in docks.
2: September Tatiana you don't do this at Christmas time <laughs> I know that's how I
0: feel so uh, I probably would have given it higher but I thought it was good it was great it was fine <laughs> it, was, it was a combination of all those things
1: <laughs> we love Tessa we yeah I do love Tessa, Tessa so
0: Yeah, obligatorily, I have to give it at least a three. I round it up to on Goodreads, it was a four, but in real life is a 375. I accept that. Do you guys have any Christmas traditions that you guys do every year or like plan to do this year starting any new traditions?
2: No new traditions. We as a family, number one, we open all of our presents on Christmas Eve. All of them? All of them. So that we are all of the age where, yes, there is Christmas magic But we also know that Santa comes at Christmas Eve and we open up the presents so that we can sleep in on Christmas day. When we were little, when we were little, my sister and I opened up one present on Christmas Eve and then we had everything the next day. My parents had their Christmas on Christmas Eve so that we could just focus. (laughs) Tatiana made a face. No, I was brought here by a stork. Thank you very much. So that Christmas morning could just be about us. And then when we got older, it started being, we'll open up all the presents and then Santa's the next day. And then it just Santa came when we were at church. And then we just open everything up so we could sleep in and then have like a nice big breakfast. And so we just we do that and then we watch White Christmas. I love that.
0: Classic. I love that. Are you doing that this year?
2: We are. My mom just texted and was like, When are you all coming? We need to know the days. And I'm like, it is. Can I, I'm going to have a heart palpitation thinking about the fact that Christmas is three weeks on Friday. (laughs) I'm not prepared. (laughs) I have one present purchased. Yep. It's for my mom. So like, you know what? Frankly, I'm good.
0: Yeah, that's it. I know I keep, everybody keeps posting about like shipping deadlines and everything. And I was like, that's not that soon from now. Like I still have plenty of time and I'm like, I have no time at all. What about you, Jess? Do you have Christmas traditions?
1: We do. So my mom doesn't like, My parents don't really care about most holidays, but my mom cares about Christmas a lot. Hmm. So as a kid, we up until I was 10, I lived like two doors down from my grandmother and my younger aunt and uncle, who are really close in age to me. So we did always did Christmas together. And then once we moved to Washington across the country from them, they would come and spend like two weeks with my family. And that's something that my mom got used to. And so now that we're all older, and everybody but me lives near her, she's really like struggling.
0: Shame, <laughs> like shame.
1: Two weeks with everyone, Christmas is just a big deal for her. But so they typically wait until I get there to get the Christmas tree. I don't know if that's going to work out this year. It really shouldn't. They yeah, should not wait for me. But, <laughs> and I am the one that does the Christmas lights every year because there's there's a method.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's called get a pre-lit tree. Yeah, I
0: was gonna say, do you get a real tree? We get real trees. I've always had a real tree. I've never had a fake tree. (laughs) We're both like, no, immediately no, (laughs) immediately no. Yeah. Wow, a real. We've
2: had a real tree maybe like five years of my entire life. Yeah, I definitely.
1: We go to a farm and pick out the tree. It's too much work. It's too much work. It's
2: so much work for us. It's so much work, and it was way too expensive, and we didn't always have the money for a real tree, so we had a fake one.
0: Yeah, after the fake one started to get like really popular, my mom was like, we're done with this. Yeah, my mother refuses. And so every year, Christmas. I have to cast
1: Christmas lights and then hang them. And we get nine-foot trees
2: and... The,
0: the West Coast, man. Whole different beast. <laughs> Truly.
2: <laughs> I don't have nine-foot ceilings, so...
0: Oh, we have, in our living
1: room, we have... Yeah. Yeah. You do at least two layers for each layer of tree you do one around the tree trunk and one on the outside of the tree trunk so when you look in there's multiple dimensions of lights there's a thing
2: it's called a pre-lit tree <laughs> yep. my mom said that's how my parents have been married for 50 plus years is a pre-lit tree
1: my mother made me do the tree every year
2: yeah, uh, my why,
1: me because, to do it. This because is 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 it? that is too much work it's so much work. It takes me hours, and then we open up matching PJs on Christmas Eve, and then we do all of our presents Christmas Day. Although we we finally have a youngin mm. who
0: we have to anticipate yes. Christmas magic for. A young I Imagine. I couldn't yeah. imagine having Santa in my house again. Like, that is so much effort.
2: We just help him out. My sister would have to bring a separate suitcase and mm-hmm. she would tell Sam that it was her makeup. And she just would hide it in my room. Would she like wrap it with a different type of paper that you've never seen? No, like, she would put it in bags. Okay.
1: Santa always had very special Santa wrapping yeah, paper. Yeah, different
2: paper. Yeah. So, our mom- Pole only has magic. Yeah, yeah.
0: Senior. I was a big Scooby Doo fan, so I got like Scooby Doo paper from Santa back in the day.
2: <laughs> my mom helped Santa, but she would say like to Molly from Ho Ho, and I made the mistake one year being like, "Um, Santa's handwriting is really similar to yours, Mom," and she was like, "If you don't believe then you don't get the Christmas presents." And I'm like, "I believe!" So I, believe. <laughs> we I love always
1: had one person help Santa. Yeah. So all I mean the elves always had the same handwriting right so all of Santa's presents had the same handwriting and continuity was big in the family <laughs> keep things
2: consistent Yep, my Santa mom had was... his own
1: wrapping paper Santa had his very yep. specific
2: handwriting yep see my mom had to do separate wrapping paper for each of us and then like so like my sister would have wrapping paper and then I would have wrapping paper so that yeah. like, we knew to grab just our wrapping paper. She still does this and we have to, we have to figure out which wrapping paper is for which one. She won't tell us. Ah, uh, yes. She's like, yes. And I'm like, great. It's a guessing game. This is fabulous. Like, no, that's what you get. No, Santa, instead you get
0: a guessing game. I like that. That's so funny.
2: But so she that's does different great. paper for each of us, but not then a third yeah yeah that would be wow. too many it was just too much so we just got the two to molly from ho ho we used to get a third
0: like my sister would get one and i would get one from santa it would be like two individual different types of re- and then like all the other presents would be like regular paper it was excessive i was like this is too much
1: <laughs> we have to figure out how so our family has moved to bags
0: to hmm. be cannot,
1: like yes friendly be
0: friendly yes
1: yep
0: and so now we have to figure out the magical bags yeah how do you do the magic of the bags only ones with santa on them yeah, yeah. we have to figure it out
1: he's four he gets it like i can't yeah oh. yeah he's
0: he knows enough
2: <laughs> now here's my question with this youngin are they doing elf on the shelf god i hope not it's too much work i, I don't have children i don't see them in my future but if i do that is not happening Creepy. all the
1: stuff is creepy
2: <laughs> my mom's like we totally would have done it if it was around I was like no you wouldn't mom think about that you were teaching at the time no no you would no. not have done elf, on, elf the shelf. on the shelf is such a it's so creepy and like I don't think I'm creative enough to like come up with a new idea every day no my mom mother would like, never I my mother like, would my, never <laughs> my mom was like I totally would have done it I was like mom there was one time you forgot to help the tooth fairy out and <laughs> I got up to go to the bathroom distraught because my tooth was still in the pillow I had a strawberry pillow and you ran down the hallway to switch it out and I walked down in my room as you were walking out of my bedroom and that's when I figured out
0: we used to do my mom would get well not my mom my grandma would give us every year we get advent calendars the chocolate like the traditional chocolate ones. so we used to do that every year but like we would never have done elf on the shelf my grandma's like here's a box it's filled with
2: chocolate eat it and that's that my mom had an advent calendar that made. It was like, she made it, it looked like an angel of pockets. Yeah. And so the thing every year we did, we went to the local grocery store and we went to the bulk candy and we got to Ooh. pick our own candy Yeah, that would go in the pockets. Nice. And honestly, like for a while it was these like the taffy mints yep. that have like the little Holly picture in the center. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 That only like to this day, I'm like, I have to have those for my, Yeah, like, where do now. I find them? <laughs> old man candy i need them
1: stockings always have magazines in them oh okay and that is something that i include into the stockings that santa does
0: that is so funny
1: we've done magazines okay so we've done magazines for forever like our stockings have always had like a magazine or a book or something like that Yeah. and so but each person i spend an hour at barnes and noble looking at the magazine rack and like it's very upsetting to me that like my Barnes and Noble is closed, so I have to go to like a different town to like find the one that has a magazine shelf. I hate that because no one no one does magazines anymore. Yeah, but each person gets a personalized magazine wow. suited to their taste. So I get Foreign Affairs every year. My aunt Sunny always gets the Harvard Business Journal. Very boring magazines.
2: I know. I was like, <laughs>
1: my dad always gets like a woodworking magazine. Probably I one would, from but, Bob Vila. He would
2: know who Bob Vila is. He oh. would.
0: My mom gets Scientific American. God, your family is just a blast at parties, aren't they? <laughs>
2: bunch of nerds. I love you guys so
0: much. We got yes. an orange every year in our stocking. I still get an orange every year in my stocking. We get, get an orange, orange, or like a chocolate orange.
2: An orange. We get we get clementines in our toe. Yep. My mom will give us like a cutie, a navel orange, like whatever was
0: available in the yard that year. Who is what we got. <laughs>
2: Yeah. We get it in the toe. Yep. That's actually how I found out that my mom and dad helped Santa Oh, um, because the Clementine was cold. Like the ones in our garage. Yeah. And you were like, mm, super, and they were the same brand. And I just was like, I was in second grade and I just, oh. was like,
0: oh. I don't even remember when I gave it all up. I think my mom had like the paper that I'd never seen before. And I was like, there's still some in the garage. And she was like, no, he like left it. And I was like, "Mm." and then I think the next year I was like, nah, none of that. Yeah. I have older siblings. Ah, (laughs) So they just ruined that
2: for you. I would say I have an older sister, but she was really good about keeping it. Yeah. Letting me have that. My sister's second grade teacher ruined it for her.
0: Oh my God. That's awful. What a bitch. I bet she had some pissed off parents.
2: 110 percent oh my
0: god that's awful I'd be so angry I feel like yeah I don't know if there was any other like I don't remember when it happened my sister and I were about this like we're only about a year apart so it's not I think we probably found out at about the same time but I don't remember like the specific time where I was like yeah my my parents are just helping
1: <laughs> Mandy Mandy's four years older than me and a bitch <laughs> she Did was she a just told yeah she just told me oh, yeah. I'm trying to and then I turned to my father one day and I was like, is this real? And he like didn't know how to handle it. Cause yeah. my dad didn't handle those talks well. So... Men
2: don't handle emotion well, period. No.
1: Yeah. Nope. So he panicked and just like We're outright cool. told me. But I'm yeah, awful. Mandy
0: was a mean, mean child. <laughs> wow, that's awful. I we used to like be able to open one gift before on like the 24th. We would be able to mm-hmm. open one gift and then we would get them all like the next day. And my sister. And I probably like didn't believe in the same year. We were like, okay, we're done with this. Can we open all our gifts on Christmas Eve? And my mom was like, no. <laughs> uh,
2: so on Christmas Eve, like we, like I said before, when we were little, we used to open up our gifts and it one gift. And it was usually the one that I got my sister and my sister got me. Yeah. Yeah. And before we were old enough to get gifts for each other, it was probably like, it was our Christmas book. My mom, forever, the teacher, the reading teacher always got us a Christmas, gift, a Christmas book every year. Now I will say I've gotten the same book multiple years because she's like, I can't remember if I got it for you. Now she just gets the book, period. So
0: this is how I ended up with all my Christmas Western romances because my aunt loves them and her Mm -hmm. and I used to ride horses together. And so she buys me like, that's how I got my Western romance collection.
1: We all open up one present on Christmas Eve, but it's always our matching pajamas.
0: That is so funny that you do that. And I love that it's still a thing.
2: We just got- We just purchased pajamas this year. My mom got them at Target. So I like that.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you guys chit-chatting. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys for chatting. Holiday traditions and kicking off the December reads. Whoop, 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 whoop. I will link where everybody can find you, but where can everybody find you? On the internet. On
2: Instagram and the Tiki Talk at Molly Smiles Reads. Also, if you like candles, smiles and light com yeah the best candles jess
1: you can find me on tiktok and instagram at bookshelf binge and you can listen to very old episodes of my own podcast at a bookshelf binge <laughs> oh, I, haven't I love up-loaded it. It audio in a really long time but it's there
0: <laughs> i made sure in my like two-year thing i was like i have so many videos of me listening to your podcast i was like i have to add this in here <laughs> I found like four. I was like, why do I have so many videos of, of like me listening to Jess? <laughs> uh, the weird. episodes
1: were excellent. I just yeah, I'm like, I'm the now. OG
0: listener for you. <laughs> you truly are. Anyways, well, thank you guys so much for coming on, and I will talk to you very soon. Sounds good. You. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to our review of window shopping. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. If you guys aren't following us, go ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram for updates and info, and hope you guys enjoyed this very chaotic episode.